Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability, anything really impacting today's supply chains. My name is Brielle Jekyll, the managing editor here, and you are listening to a special episode to celebrate some of the winners of our Pro Snow Award. You can hear all about some of the brightest and most innovative executives making moves in the supply chain today and hear about their backgrounds, their expertise, and insight on the industry. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am here with Carrie Corbin, who is the VP of Client Solutions at Barcoding Inc. And she is one of this year's winners of our Pros to Know Award presented by Supply and Demand Chain Executive. Uh, first off, Carrie, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on and, and congratulations on this win. Oh, hey, thank you. Thank you so much. It was uh, It was exciting when I heard about it. So I want to get to know you a little bit. Um, can you just tell us about yourself and your journey to to get to this current stage in your career? Absolutely. I uh, my dad often jokes that my journey starts and it was a, it was a little touch and go at the beginning. <laughs> um, you know, upon graduating from high school, I went off to college and. After two years of um, spending less time in the classroom and more time out at parties, I um, elected to leave school. Um, and that's really the blessing of when my career started. I um, received a position at Nationwide Insurance in a call center. So I started on the, the customer and the business side. Um, I moved into a project management role there strictly because... Um, it made more money. So as a 22 year old without a college degree, it was all about dollars and cents. And that was really the beginning of my career. So spent a lot of time in program and project management um, over about 10 or 15 years. I have always been on the customer side of IT, whether it be financial services, um, healthcare, and then my most recent position before I came to barcoding was at DHL supply chain. So that was my first um, dipping of my toe into the supply chain and quickly got very interested in, in it and um, fascinated by how supply chain works and the complexities of it and what it takes to get, you know, a box from uh, the screen that you order it from to the front door of your house. And so that's how I ended up in supply chain. I was at DHL for about eight years and then most recently came over to Barcoding Inc. So I'm now um, more on the partner side than the customer side. But that that's what I bring with me um, to barcoding is, you know, the customer's perspective. I understand the business. I understand the project side of it. Um, and, you know, barcoding was a real natural fit for me with the tagline of be efficient, accurate and connected. Those really match specifically to um, my personal brand. So before you got into the supply chain specifically, what, what did you know about it beforehand? Um, very little. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably what most people know. It's, it's funny when I, when I was in supply chain on the customer side, um, you know, when you're in IT, it's always fun to try to explain to people what you do for a living. 
And so, you know, as I moved into this role and I, you know, I was like, oh, this is a, this is a trucking company. This is a shipping company. And the first time I stepped inside the four walls of a warehouse, I realized how much bigger it was than that and spent a lot of time studying it, you know, how the, the workflow management systems work and, and the ins and outs of, you know, how a warehouse, warehouse comes together, I had the infrastructure project management team reporting to me. And so I learned what it took to put a network inside the four walls of a warehouse and, you know, what it took to stand one up from scratch. And then, you know, you go from that to watching it fully functional and all the pieces and parts that are moving and that have to come together um, and the technology that's associated with it to ensure that, the users are getting the best experience and ultimately their customer is getting the best experience. So I had um, very little, very little knowledge of it other than I understood that, again, a box shows up at my front door and somehow it, it got there. And I've obviously since learned a lot more about what it takes to get there and have tremendous respect for how it all comes together. It is pretty eye-opening to see what, how many levels there are to it and, and just really what goes into getting goods from here, from A to B. Yeah. It's things you don't even think about until you're in it. Like, um, I remember visiting a warehouse that was, it was my first experience at a fully cold warehouse. So imagine dairy, yogurt, cottage cheese, those type of products. The moment you walk in the door, it is at a temperature to keep those products um, from spoiling. So all day people are in there working in this cold environment. I was in there like an hour and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> you know, but then you also have on the other side, we, you know, warehouses that are down, down South where, you know, the heat is extreme and you've got people, you know, in there, um, you know, because they can't do any kind of refrigeration. And so how to build something that, um, you know, obviously safe and comfortable for the workers, but also ensuring that the product gets to where it needs to be um, in a safe way. So it's, there's little things that you just don't think about that are actually fascinating once you get into it. I guess if you find supply chain fascinating, which if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would have told you you were crazy, but now I just really find it so interesting. Absolutely. I, I started specifically in the supply chain. I've been in business to business my whole career, but focusing on the supply chain, I started in February, 2020. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, and, and I remember I got this job and I, and I was explaining it to my friends and, and some people are like, Oh, supply chain. Okay. And then two months later, it's like all anyone talks about, I'm like, right. see, it's not boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you guys knew nothing about chips that go inside of cars and devices until about six months ago. <laughs> exactly. Now everyone knows all about the semiconductors. <laughs> right. Exactly. So now we have the pandemic and, you know, like I said, it's, it's changed quite a bit um, with, you know, with the supply chain becoming so mainstream and so top of mind. Um, what has your team, you and your team, been doing this past couple of years to help shape the supply chain and keep it going during this crisis? Yeah, so uh, you know, the the easy answer is finding finding the hardware and getting it into the hands of our customers as quickly as possible. 
you know, the, the real answer is um, looking at this from a beyond the COVID response and looking at how this is changing businesses and, and consumers and how they use businesses in the future, but also what this means for the, the people doing the work. Um, and we've spent, you know, again, a lot of time making sure we can get the right devices in hands, but we have spent the last um, 12 to 18 months really looking at the people side of this. So, you know, there's the obvious labor shortage, but even if we weren't challenged with labor, sh labor shortage, at the end of the day, I can give, I can give every person that works for me a great device and a great salary and achievable productivity measurements. But if they come into work every day and, and, and what they need to accomplish those things are not being given to them and they're being burdened by the technology or burdened by the network or burdened by whatever it is during their day-to-day -day work, we're, we're not serving um, our customers or their, their employees the way that we should be. So we've spent, you know, we, we did a study um, and, and the top four answers, 93% of the people who responded about the top focus areas for improvement, 93% of those were all around improving labor and productivity. And so again, I can sell you a piece of hardware and I can put a couple apps on it, but like, let's, let's sit down and talk to the people using the devices and determine how we can, like, what, what issues are they having so that we can go out and search the market for the right products, the right applications, the right solutions for them so that we, so that they are satisfied and able to meet the customer's needs. And that's really where I think we've approached things a little bit differently, less about the hardware and more about the services, how we can help manage those services and how we can help the end user be more productive and more satisfied. I think that's absolutely great advice. I one I had an interview one time um, when I was covering technology and on the on in introducing it to the warehouse floor. And one of the most important things that have stayed in my mind is making sure is as a technology provider and as a supply chain manager, talking to the people on the ground floor to see what their pain points are to help use the technology to ease those pain points and make their lives easier instead of saying, here's new technology. You have to just, you know, fit, fit it in. Yeah. Figure, figure it out. And we think we know, um, better than you do what it takes to do your job. And that, you know, I remember a few years ago, I said that to someone, I'm like, I, I couldn't walk into a warehouse today and run it. I would be blind to that. It's not my specialty. I, I could figure it out, but we would probably have a lot of tough conversations <laughs> with the leadership team on why we were missing SLAs. And, and the resources doing that work can't come in and do my job because this is my expertise. And so if I'm not talking to them and asking questions to ensure what I'm providing to them allows them to meet the needs that they have and to um, be as efficient as possible, I'm really not doing my job. I'm making assumptions based on kind of what I know from reading articles and just talking to leadership level people. And it's just so important that we get down another layer or two and talk about like, it's as easy as like name five things 
that make your day really difficult. Exactly. And providing a safe space to answer those questions. And it's not an attack on a person or the IT organization or anyone, but it gives us the opportunity to come back. And this is this has worked with a lot of our customers recently. It gives us the opportunity to come back and say, we can solve all those things for you. That's such a great approach to, to looking at, you know, just the work environment in general. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it shows the value, you know, again, kind of throwing numbers out there, 68% of the people we spoke to last year felt like outsourcing, uh, 29% feel like outsourcing is too expensive. Um, and they, you know, 68% don't feel like it's valuable in the, in the supply chain space necessarily. Um, when we start talking about uh, the value that we bring as far as we're experts in our space and we're talking to your users and, you know, you, you may be spending money for us to do these things, but we can show a true return on investment on the other side. And part of that return on investment is feedback from your end users saying, this is really great. It's not, it, it's not more expensive than doing it internally. It's just shifting those costs to, um, an outsourced provider that is an expert in it, we can do it faster, we can do it better. And I will argue we can do it cheaper. And then you get to take your resources and use them for digital transformation, growth, like really important projects. And that, again, that goes for technical people. And it also goes for your ops resources. Like, let's put them on really cool projects to make your operation more efficient. So I want to switch gears for a second. And I want to ask you, if you could talk to your younger self, what advice would you give? Ooh, um, not to box myself in to what I think I should do or how I should do it. Um, you know, coming out of high school, it, it, it was a college or nothing. You know, I'm from from, mm-hmm. from that generation. I graduated in 92. So it was like, you're either going to college or nothing. There weren't really a whole lot of options. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't a school kid. I didn't love going to, to school. And, you know, looking back now, I probably would have served better going to a community college or something like that. And, you know, what I know now is my journey was what it was um, for a reason. But if, but, but back then I really, there were jobs that I thought I had to be in um, partially because that was kind of what everybody was doing, you know, psychologist or something along those lines. But also, um, you know, there was some, some hold back as a woman going into IT back then. And I do think when I started stepping into the technology space and even supply chain, um, you know, you, you kind of naturally put some limitations on yourself. Uh, you think you might not be accepted. Your voice might not be heard. And I have just stepped into those things um, as uncomfortable as sometimes it has been and realized that um, I may have held myself back when I was younger. And so, you know, be open to, to the journey is probably, if I summed it up, what I would say to my younger self is just be very open to the journey because you really don't know where it's going to land you. I can absolutely agree with that. What goals would you say do you have for your future self? Um, 
keep, keep growing, keep growing on the journey. Uh, a lot of, you know, I I've been with, um, with barcoding about two years. We are just doing some really cool stuff that I'm very excited about and, um, you know, continue to trust myself, trust my knowledge and, um, you know, be willing to grow the supply chain space. And I know in a way that I know will be helpful, um, over the course of the next few years. For the supply chain as a whole, what are what are your hopes for the industry? My hopes for the industry are, um, you know, I really want to see automation take off. I think there's um, there's a lot of opportunity um, to get more in into the automation space, whether it be um, robotics, things like that. Um, but I also I, I feel very passionate about. Um, and it's probably obvious in the conversation we've had, I very, feel very passionate about the people. Um, I lead my teams the same way. And I just, I want to continue to see us listen to the labor, um, ensure we're supporting the labor that's doing the work every day, showing them that we hear them and we're making work better for them. You know, at the end of the day, we can't get rid of people, but we can absolutely provide technology that makes their job easier and, and makes their day um, a little bit less stressful. And that's that's really where I'd like to continue to focus. And with that, how does it feel to be named of uh, one of SDCE's pros to know? It's, <laughs> it's humbling, actually. Um, again, like if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have been very confused by the conversation. It's humbling and, you know, it's validating. It lets me know that um, the direction that that I'm going and the um, conversations that I'm having are, are moving our industry in the right direction. And so I'm, I'm humbled and really excited about it. Well, we're so happy to have you a part of it. Um, and again, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with me about this stuff today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by a food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Riel for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode.